WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz are back in the studio. We also have... Andrew Lake here with us as well. We'll get into that in a second, but right now I gotta talk to these guys a little bit because they left me in the lurch last Saturday night. I was here uh, all by myself. I'm pretty sure that they finally got the computer fixed, like this morning. Yeah. From the damage that I did the other day. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I think it, I think it went well. Well, the good thing is, was, is there was no like fire or anything. No, no fires. So. But for the podcast audience, it went perfectly because I edited out all the mistakes. <laughs> No, there wasn't too many problems, but uh, you guys missed a great show because we had our Gary Patterson here, one of the, the you... greatest guests of all time. Uh, he was great last time he was on. And he, we had him on talking about Amy Winehouse and the 27 Curse, so if you missed that, you can check that out. It's on the archives. I noticed, Matt Costa, you got the archives all up to date. Yep. And uh, we're, we've been doing pretty good about getting them right up there. No, it's, and, a, it's, it's unbelievable. And tonight's show will be right up after the show as well. Modern technology. It's nice. And you want to kill that fan? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out and shoot it. All right, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. We have a great show planned for you tonight with our guest, Mark Herman. He's the author of the new book, The Handbook for the Recently Haunted, and we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, and, of course, we'll take your calls as well. You want to write these numbers down so that you can call in during the course of the show? It's 508 those numbers, of course, are on SpookySouthCoast.com, where you can also click the link to see Spooky TV and see what's going on in the studio while the show is happening. And that's, that's also the home of our chat room as well, uh, where we've got uh, oh, about 15 or so of the regulars all hanging out, and that's sure to grow over the course of the program. The new thing that you can reach us on is our text line, the Boo Line, at 508-444-BOO-1, 508-444-2661. That's the number if you want to text us during the course of the show. You can send in your text questions, your text comments. You know, because people like, like Matt Costa over there, they, he's, he's, he's not really a face-to-face conversationalist as much as he is a texter. So he might want to text a question instead sure. of asking it out loud. And, uh, of course, you can also email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com. So, so much technology. Now we've got to put it to good use and put forth a great program, which I think we shall do tonight. Andrew Lake is here, of course, from Greenville Paranormal Research to sit in and be our guest co-host. How are you doing, Andy? Doing fine. Doing fine. Thanks for having me. And uh, you've been wrapped up in a project. I hear that that's uh, just about finished up. Uh, it is done. It Excellent. is done. It was for the last year. I've been uh, writing a book for Clarice's Haunted Road Trip Series, uh, Ghost Hunting Southern New England. And I've completed it, and it will be out September 13th is the uh, the date they give me. Uh, that's excellent. I hope you'll come back and, and talk about that when it comes out. Oh, I'd love to be back. Yeah, great. Uh, you know you're welcome anytime. Just got to bang on the window because the doors are locked. <laughs> with good reason. All right, let's get right into the discussion tonight with our guest, Mark Kerman, the author of the new book, The Handbook for the Recently Haunted. And, Mark, i got to say, I, I think I get the joke on the uh, on the title there. I get what you're alluding to. Uh brings me back to the, the Beetlejuice days. Uh, yeah, uh well, I, I, I looked and looked and couldn't find a book that actually had 
any useful information. Usually it's a lot of ghost stories and paranormal romance stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and people have real hauntings, you know, that they needed help with. I went on YouTube. I had a few of my own. They started with this. And so I found some uh, similarities and comparisons, and uh, I started helping people that, that had their own problems. And so uh, it, 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 it seemed to work, you know, uh, every time I tried the, the techniques, you know, it was a, it, it, there was either something or there wasn't something or was something explainable. Well, it, it seems, too, like uh, people need something that's uh, accessible to them, too, when they're looking for a book like that. They're too, too much of the stuff that is out there is written for the ghost hunter and not for the layperson. And so I think to, to make it, you know, right from the beginning seem very uh, easily accessible to the reader, that, that's going to help out a lot as well. Well, well I, I looked, and, and, and I saw a couple that were, uh, you know, I thought, okay, this is, because, you know, I, I, I didn't want to repeat something that someone else had already done. And I went through everyone, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, there wasn't anything that, that, that had any, you know, just a real serious book on this particular subject. And, and I was quite surprised. And, and I went all the way back. I, I couldn't find anything, you know, it was just surprising that someone hadn't come out with it, you know. Well, what's your background in paranormal research? Well, I have uh, been in several uh, ghost hunting groups, paranormal research groups, um, various investigations, uh, going through YouTube, uh, people wanting help, uh, hundreds, and and. So, you know, I would just do research on, you know, what the, the situation with them was and what it really was. And, and, and another thing, I wanted to, I saw so many times that people would try to exercise a ghost from a house. And, you know, for me, ghosts are just real people. And I wouldn't want that happening to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when you die, you shouldn't, the last thing you should have to worry about is someone, you know, calling you a demon and screaming and running away. And so almost always for, you know, just, just for a uh, selfish personal reason, you know, but I, I just thought that, that that needed to be clarified. And some other stuff and terminology that's in the book, if you'd like to ask, I'm not, you know, I'd take questions, you know. Well, when I was reading the book, uh, I, I was surprised... Uh, to learn that uh, when when you're writing about some of these investigations, that there there does seem to be a real uh, a real jump toward the evil, toward the demonic, and I'm wondering if a lot of that has to do with the influence of some of these television shows we've seen in recent years, uh, how they tend to lean toward that, probably more for ratings than anything else. But do you think that that's kind of trickled down and that's affected people's investigations out in the field? Well, yeah, it really started with the religions especially with the Catholic religion, who they profess that any ghost is just a demon in disguise. And so that's basically where that came from. I just I just can't go with the notion that just because you don't have a body anymore, you have to be a demon or evil. <laughs> you know, that just doesn't make sense. But I think part of the, the, the problem, too, is, and, and you allude to this in the book as well, is that people uh, do bring their own religious beliefs 
uh, both investigators and the client as well. And when those are kind of rubbing up against each other to some degree, that can cause a lot of problems. Well, you know, people want to use religion uh, to try to get, uh, to, you know, the ghosts out of their house. And, you know, whenever you have a ghost, an actual ghost in a the house, they're really there. They're, they're in the same room, the next room, but they're in, you know, the house. And you don't need a third party to talk to somebody. I don't need a third party to talk to you right now. You know, you just communicate what you have to say, and depending on the tone, delivery, and the message, uh, you may get a response. When you, you might get sorry, go ahead. You might get them to leave, uh, or it depends. Some people, some people want ghosts as as, as uh, uh, to hang around, almost like pets, mm-hmm. and like I have in the book. And and they, uh, uh, but see, the thing is, is that. Uh, they keep them around just long enough to where they get freaked out by the situation, and then they want them to leave, but they've already given them a permission to stay, uh, you know, for some perceived permission, if you will. But, uh, you know, that's always kind of funny to see that kind of situation, too, you know. When you're dealing with that, though, when you're dealing with people who want to keep it, uh, you know, they want to keep the ghost around. I mean, do you, do you have to kind of advise them, you know, of, of what's going to happen if that if that's the case? I mean, it's one thing if it starts off and it's benign and there's nothing really going on, but do they understand the fact that it could escalate and it could escalate to the point where it might become uncomfortable to live with it? Oh, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to. Uh, that, that's, yeah, you have a lot of pub owners, you know, beauty uh, salons, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, sometimes you have people in their private homes. And, and, you know, you, you try to say something like that to them, and it falls on deaf ears. And, and you know, but, you know, it's, it's nice to know that at least they're not suffering with something that uh, might be bothering them. I, I do think, though, that there probably are some cases where, and, and I know that it's rare, but there probably are some cases where there is something evil. I won't say a demon, but there is something that's negative and, and that has malicious intent. And, and a lot of times we know that that can kind of disguise itself as a as a friendly ghost, <laughs> a cast well, you, you know, I mean, uh, demons. You can just go to any jail or prison and see plenty of evil spirits there, mm-hmm. uh, incarnate. And uh, but so uh, you, you run into a whole lot of different uh, attitudes and emotions with ghosts. They uh, everybody has their own personality, and and sometimes you get uh, good ghosts. And they're more, they might, people might see them as angelic, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then there's benign ghosts, uh, just the average run of the mill. They, they mind their own business and might make some noise or something, but they really don't really bother somebody. But usually when it comes to uh, a ghost trying to make their presence known, uh, if the survival instinct within the individual person kicks in, and here we go. You know, they, they they get scared, and all of a sudden, whatever whoever it is is demonic. Yeah, well, I think that's the the hard part is that people still to this day can't separate the fear uh, from the the ghost experience, and and the fear, of course, is is more just for the fact that it's unknown and it's it's almost unbelievable to them. Well, people just want to they've got the survival instinct with them. 
and, and people, oh, we're not going to talk about, uh, you know, the way, uh, that's the whole problem, is that uh, when people die, they're, you know, left in uh, a vacuum, and they don't know what to do, to uh, you know, aside from religious uh, situations, but... Uh, you know, it's it, it, uh, I have in my book. It's it, you, you cross over at your own volition. It's it's not uh, something yeah, that it's. I have the transitional staging existence, which is where you get. You know, you basically are in the physical world, but you're incarnate, and so you cross over. Depending on the situations you have, you know, you have unfinished business, guilt, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, it, it can it can be a a, a variable mixed bag, but uh, you know that's basically the the process to the to the thing. And and it's important to note too, and you mention it uh, frequently in the book that uh, when uh, entity that's in that transitional staging existence when it crosses over and it enters into you know the great beyond that uh that that's something that no human at least in your research has ever seen and so that's you know we're, we're basically telling the spirit if we're trying to help it cross over to move into the light and we're kind of just assuming that that's what you got to do based on you know what we've heard well i don't it depends it depends you know some some people they uh Want the, the uh, like a family member to to cross over if they're in their own time. You know they don't want to rush anybody off. You know that kind of thing. You know it, it's a natural process. Everybody dies. Yeah, everybody knows that, and everybody crosses over eventually. Ghosts don't last forever. You, ghosts eventually. If you every every report of ghosts, you know, uh, almost always has a uh, and, and, and ending, you know, they haven't seen anything. Some of these ghost tours you go on, uh, you, no one's seen anything for years, and so uh, you know you can you can basically, you know, be a ghost for a while, but not not forever. Well, a part of that though is, you, you know, you, you got to think that if there is activity happening and it it does happen uh, so infrequently that we're able to perceive it. That uh, it's going to seem like to us it's been going on for a number of years, but in actuality it hasn't really had the strength to manifest for all those years. It's just been little bits and pieces over that time. And then, of course, the other problem being, I'm sure, to spirits that are in that transitional staging existence, time doesn't really have the same uh, barriers that it has for us. Well, usually people cross over within three days. It's it, that's that's kind of the the the, the timeline, you know. People, the second day that that you that you're a ghost, that's that's the phasing day, and uh, you know to where you can say, well, no, it's not a dream, and so you you know you eventually have to, you know, make a decision, you know, based on 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 what you what you know, you know, and and how you feel. What do you um? How do you feel about um? The idea of visitation hauntings, where uh, a ghost is not always in that environment uh, 24-7, but can sometimes come and go just to revisit uh, a location that was important to them in life. I, well, I'll, uh, from, what I, from, from every case that I've seen, uh, to, to some degree, sometimes the ghost will follow 
you know, but it's basically location specific, and 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 the ghost will just um, take over. Basically, you will not have to take over, but they'll inhabit a house until they're ready to go. Well, one of the questions that's uh, popped up in the chat room is uh, somebody who's familiar with your work, Mark, says that you refer to yourself as a, a parapsychologist, and they're just wondering about the process of how one becomes a parapsychologist. Well, there's no license involved with that. Uh, you know, you uh, study... It's just a study of, of, of uh, uh, the paranormal. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. You know, I mean, every... Psychologist. I've got a degree in psychology. Every psychologist is just focusing on the study of, you know, nobody knows everything about the brain or, or human uh, behavior. So it's just the study of the paranormal, and, and it can mean it. It doesn't have to mean ghosts, uh, psychics, uh, UFOs, anything paranormal. And but it depends on what you're specific on too, you know. I just uh, this is ghosts are all I do. Yeah. Some people UFOs are all they do. So you're a parapsychologist in basically the field that you're specialized in. See, I like to uh, at least in in my opinion, I look at it from the approach of if if you're a parapsychologist and you call yourself a parapsychologist, that basically means that that's the approach you're applying to your paranormal investigation, to your research. You're coming from that, you know, psychological background instead of being a paranormal investigator where you're out there more for the experience. I don't think it's a it's a necessarily a degree title as some people might think that it is. Well, there are some universities that do give degrees but, in parapsychology in particular. Um, Duke. JF, Duke and JFK University. One particular person that, uh, w- that I know uh, is a, a degreed parapsychologist. So. But, I mean, but at the same time, I think that you can, you know, you don't have to have a, a, a you don't have to have that degree in it necessarily no. to, to apply no, that no, title no. to yourself. But I think it, it reflects more your approach than it does maybe your education. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Mark? Well, I mean, that's that's basically what it is. It depends on, on, on what you, there is no, like I said, there is no licensure on, on this kind of thing. Um, it, it's, that's the whole thing. I haven't. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into UFOs too much, uh, psychics. I'm, I'm not a psychic. I don't know people's middle name, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I just, I just, you know, you just, you just have to pick your field. Uh, better to pick your field than to pick your nose. That's the way <laughs> Well, uh, we've, we've got a few minutes left here uh, before we have to take a break for the news, but when we come back, we'll get more into the book, The Handbook for the Recently Haunted. And I'm going to make sure that I don't call it The Handbook for the Recently Deceased. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk about more about the book. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can get it, though? Uh, you can get it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Uh, it's also on uh, Kindle. Uh, Kindle. And uh, if you look on Amazon, it's got the uh, look inside the pages, and mm-hmm. it's about a third of the book in there. It's got the whole glossary terms. It's got the whole beginning and middle. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, if you, if you are interested in ghosts at all, you know, this book has the terminology and every instance that I had with investigations dealt with something that was in this book. 
there's only so many different scenarios. Uh, you know, people will hear things, people see things, uh, and, and then what do they see and things like that. But, uh, you know, there's, there's just, uh, um, you know, just so much you can, I mean, I mean it's, it's all included with the book. And, and one of the, the good things about having a, a book like this, especially if you can have it in digital form, is that, uh, you know, you can take it with you. If you're, if you're a, a, a ghost hunter, if you're a paranormal investigator, you can bring it with you. You can put it right in the, in the tool bag, and it's a lot easier to read at night <laughs> on a nook color than it is uh, trying to thumb through an actual hard copy book. Once you start reading it, you can you'll understand the terminology, and it, it just becomes that you, you see what what kind of problem you have. If you if, it, if this is this is a, hand, a handbook for the recently haunted, um, it's it's you know some people have never had any experiences, and they may not relate to some of these things. But uh, generally, if you've had an experience with something like this, um, it, it, it's in it's in the book. I haven't had a, a single experience where something wasn't in the book, and that's a, quite unusual. And, and and this is through hundreds of investigations uh, online and several investigations uh, in person. All right. Well, like I said, we are coming up on the news break, so we do have to take a break right now. When we come back on the other side, we'll tell you really quickly about a new show that's debuting uh, that takes a little bit of a different twist on the paranormal, uh, and, and it's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, and it may, I might even have to learn Spanish to watch this show, although I, th- I think it's I think it's in English. But we'll talk about all that and more. Uh, we'll also tell you about another show that was already on tonight with a, a friend of the program, but it'll be on again later on. And we'll get more with Mark Herman on the handbook for the recently haunted so stay tuned we'll be right back with more here on spooky south coast oh god it can't be we do have a system i'm sure i haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. That's boring. You're boring, everybody. Quit boring, everyone. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, and science advisor, Matt Moniz. And uh, we are broadcasting on Spooky Spooky TV. Uh, there we go. Perfect. That's a great shot. Uh, kind of popped back up a little bit. That's fine. We can go with that. <laughs> broadcasting on Spooky TV on SpookySouthCoast.com. Oh, oh, my God. It just moved on its own. Oh, it's bouncing around. No kidding. Paranormal. All right, uh, <laughs> we are broadcasting on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and, of course, uh, on the air here at WBSM. You can send us all your questions and comments during the course of the week. You can either email us, SpookyCrew, at SpookySouthCoast.com, or you can call the new Boo line, 508-444-BOO-1, 508-444-2661. If you text us to that number, we'll put you on our text list for uh, all our 
text announcements. I say text a lot, I guess. And then uh, you can also leave us a voicemail on that line as well if you have any questions for us, you need to get in touch with us for anything. Uh, if you have something you want to come on and promote, that's the way to do it. Reach us on that. We can take some of that audio, play it on the air if we need to. Uh, I actually received a text earlier tonight that said that somebody saw the ghost of Jimmy Superfly Snooker in Onset today. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's just a bag of bones that used to be Jimmy Superfly Snooker. <laughs> And uh, we, you know, we, we'll, we'll text you back, maybe. Who knows? So, uh, again, 508-444-2661. That's the boo line to get in touch with us all week long. And Chris Balzano wants you to email us at SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to get involved with our annual Bridgewater Triangle investigation show, it's coming up on August 27th. Uh, this year's focus is on the March of Anawan. We've already heard back from a number of groups over the course of the week that are going to help us take part in that. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com and click on the Bridgewater Triangle Project icon at the bottom of the page, you'll find out more about it. And, of course, you can get in touch with us there to let us know that you want to take part. You, you know, you don't have to be a seasoned investigator either. Well, if, you are, if you're a first-time investigator, if you have a, a casual interest in this and you want to get out there and experience it for yourself, feel free to get a hold of us. We'll find somewhere where we can put you. There's plenty, plenty of ground to be covered. Uh, just a few other quick announcements we want to make you aware of. Uh, earlier this evening on the Style Network, uh, Maureen Hancock's program was on, Psychic in Suburbia. It's going to be rebroadcasting again, I believe, at midnight, and uh, I'm sure a couple more times during the course of the week. Uh, so if you want to check that out, we were hoping to have Maureen on to promote it, but things happen so fast with that show. I mean, she's out promoting the book, and then all of a sudden the, the show is coming on TV, so that's on the Style Network. Uh, and then I got an email about an interesting program that's going to be on Moon2TV, M-U-N-2, M-U-N, the number two, dot TV, uh, and it's called From Beyond. And uh, this is pretty interesting. It premieres tomorrow night at 10 p.m. I believe you can watch the first episode actually right up there on MUN2.TV. There is a deep respect for and belief in the supernatural world, and it has become part of the Latin American culture passed down from generation to generation. Armed with paranormal detectors and electronic devices, the From Beyond team leads viewers into the homes of Latino families and other locations that are experiencing paranormal activity. Through personal interviews and chilling tales, real people's true stories are being uncovered. And what's interesting about that show is they actually take that, uh, you know, Latin American folklore of the paranormal and they incorporate that into their investigation. So it's not like some of these more high-tech scientific shows where they kind of put all that stuff out the window. They actually take a lot of that mythology and folklore and bring it into it. So it should be a, a very interesting series. Uh, and, again, it's on MUN2.TV, Moon2.TV. And uh, we're hoping to talk to some of those investigators uh, in the coming weeks here on the show. So, But for now, let's get right back into the discussion with Mark Kerman. He's the author for the Handbook for the Recently Haunted. And uh, Mark, as a, as a parapsychologist and as a, the author of this book, let me ask you, what, do you, what are your thoughts about bringing the mythology back into the investigation, bringing the folklore of ghosts uh, into things? Because you, you've been very clear-cut about what your beliefs in ghosts are in this book. Uh, do, do you think that there's still room for the, the ghost story aspect? Well, I mean... I, yeah, a lot of people, they, they put all kinds of stuff into the ghost situation, but you, you, you basically have a ghost or ghosts in a particular dwelling or place, or you don't, or it's something uh, naturally caused or something like that. All right, and uh, let me throw out the phone numbers again if anybody wants to get involved in the discussion. 508 996 one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. We invite you all to call in. You can also email spooky crew at spooky south coast dot com or text them in at five zero eight four 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 two six six one. 
Uh, when you were putting together this book and you said that you went through a number of, uh, you know, YouTube ghost clips, I, I, I get the sense from, from the book that you actually had to throw quite a bit of what you were finding out the window yourself because a, a lot of it you could kind of say right away, <laughs> you know, this, this is just somebody's attempt at cheap special effects. Well, oh, oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of, uh, well, you, you could basically tell, uh, you'd send them an email, uh, and you'd see what they'd say. And sometimes, a lot of times, it would be something non-serious or it would be some kind of, uh, optical kind of thing. I, I was just specifically looking for people that actually had problems with hauntings and needed help. And, uh, and then they'd say, then we'd go, as soon as I, you know, discovered they were serious, um, then we'd go into what kind of activity and occurrences they had and whether, you know, it made sense that they, you know, had a ghost in the house that they didn't. I like when you're watching some of these these videos, and, and I know that you said you don't pay too much attention to the UFO aspect of it, but there's so many UFO videos that are so obviously faked, but I, I like to see the amount of work that they put into it and just how much better it is than some of the, the big sci-fi movies of the 50s and 60s. You know, people are making on their computer more convincing evidence than, than they were putting in films. Well, yeah. And, you know, that's the whole real problem is that you've got a lot of the hot Hollywood stuff and people make fun of UFO and ghost stuff, and it just takes science that much longer to get, you know, to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think part of the the appeal, though, of being able to put stuff up on YouTube is if you do have what you think is legitimate paranormal activity that you've captured on film, is you have that wide scope to be able to get people to comment on on their beliefs and and what they think and their own theories and at the same time you get to remain anonymous and i assume that uh in the families that you were talking to and the investigations that you conducted in the course of putting together this book a lot of people probably still request anonymity they they still don't want to have their names associated with ghostly activity well a lot of times people especially family members who are told about uh, ghost stories uh, you know so they think oh it's their imagination or or anybody who's had any kind of uh, paranormal experience whatsoever has to be delusional. And and that's a lot of the, the reason people want the anonymity and, and, and I don't I don't see a real problem with somebody actually sensing and observing something that may be really there. And even if it's not, uh there's a lot of natural occurrences that ca- can cause the same thing. And, and and it doesn't really matter anyway because uh, it's it's a it's a real problem for some people and no matter what the problem is there's usually some type of answer that'll solve it so you know just asking for help doesn't really make you insane especially when so many times you know it can be debunked and it can be you know discovered that there's a non-paranormal cause uh it's almost like you know people are apologetic for the fact that they they think that it's paranormal and sometimes that doesn't even turn out to be the case most times a lot of times they're, they're so disappointed that there's some, just something naturally going on and I've come into a house and I said, plug this, 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 and this after the, the research team does its thing. And then I'll say, oh, you know, just said on one investigation, I'm done with it, you know, just for a minute. And, and they said, oh, you, you, what do you mean? You know, it's like you, you have to, 
you know, once once you get to a certain point in a thing, you have to decide whether there's something real or not. And if there's something that's just natural, uh, you know, I don't really care that they're disappointed. I just care that the client has found some type of answer to their problem. Mm -hmm. And besides that, that that client joined the the group two weeks later. (laughs) That's always, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this because this is something that we don't talk a lot about on this show. I mean, we talk about paranormal investigation quite frequently, but uh, one of the things that we never really talk about is the idea of helping spirits cross over. I know I don't do that when I investigate. I know that Matt Moniz doesn't do that when he investigates. Andy, I'm not sure. No, he. So it's it's something that we're not really familiar with. We we do work with some people that that do have those abilities and do have that approach. Uh, but it's not something that we have on on our radar. Uh, how important is it to add that element to paranormal investigation? Do you have to be able to help the spirit cross over, or can you just go out and document the activity? Well, I mean, some some just document the activity. Uh, 90% or better just document the activity. Um, to help a ghost cross over, I, you, you, unless you know who the ghost is, and that's very important. And what their problem was, uh, they, the ghost knows what's going on, uh, in the first maybe 48 hours, you know, after death. And what you tell them is something that they already know. Uh, you want to offer some type of forgiveness that might work. But otherwise, you know, it's up to them to, to, to cross over on their own time. And uh, I, I, helping, helping, you know, like the Ghost Whisperer show, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, nobody really has that type of, you know, being able to one-on-one, you know, hear everything, you know. But, uh, you know, you can just tell them your wishes. That's, that's, the, that's the only thing I can, I can say is that if you sense uh, a, a ghost in the house, some kind of you know, let them know that you 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 know they're there, and and basically, if you don't want them there, just say that their presence is making you uh, uncomfortable, and you'd like them to leave. See, I, I almost think that it's and and I don't mean any disrespect to yourself or to anybody else who who uh, has this approach, but I, I don't really think that people can necessarily help ghosts cross over. I think it's kind of somewhat arrogant of us to think that we can show them the way. Uh, I. I'm going to guess that when you pass from one from this coil to the next, you know, whether you're in that transitional stage as you mentioned before or not, you're going to have a little bit more awareness. Your eyes are going to be opened up a little bit more uh, than they were in your corporal body. And so, if it's, you know, if it's a matter of just needing to move yourself on, I think they're going to kind of do it in their own time. And I don't think us telling them to to go. I don't, I don't think it's like telling my dog to go lay down. And I think what'll happen is if you express that you are uncomfortable. Uh, with their presence there, they'll just make it so that you don't realize they're there. But they're still going to just go over in their own time. I mean, that's just my soapbox. Sometimes, sometimes the, the, it depends on on what you what you say. It depends on how it's received. Sometimes the activity will increase. Sometimes it'll dissipate to nothing. As you say, they'll start hiding out. But eventually, the activity is going to resurface. Uh, if they're still there, you, 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 there's going to be the surprise haunting. The uh, sometimes they're they're going about, especially if they're new ghosts, 
they'll go about their way. They make go in through one door to the other. They're still electromagnetic, so they still carry some type of uh, energy. So the doors closing on their own uh, can can just be a, a ghost going from one room to the other, just not paying attention to what they're really doing. And so that's how that. I guess that's how that works. Well, uh, with with me and at least in what I've seen, uh, you know, in these different approaches, I, I think that the Helping of the crossing over is is more beneficial to the living, uh, for sure, than it might be to the spirits. I mean, it definitely you can see when there's a you know allegedly successful crossover, you can see the the relief in the client's face. You can see the fact that they feel now that they've gotten their house back. Well, it goes both ways. Uh, a ghost crossing over, um, you know that 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 helps. I I I'd much rather help both parties, but really, you know, when you help a spirit that's that's in it's in a crisis situation, you're and and they actually do go over, um, you know, the the homeowner's uh, you know opinion on that. I, I I don't you know it, it's it's nice that the that they experience some kind of relief and satisfaction that. Uh, the ghost is gone, but I think it's more important that the ghost crosses over eventually. Well, let me throw out the numbers again. one 996 1420 508-996-0500. Uh, also email SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com and text at 508-444-2661. I mean, Andrew, what's yeah, your... Uh, I sat in on one dog. I sat on a one case in Pawtucket, Rhode Island with Father Bob Bailey. Uh, uh, I wasn't really part of the investigation. I was just there to observe. And uh, the family kept talking about, you know, what was going on in the house. And they immediately, the guy's wife was jumping the, to the demonic. Uh, she said she'd smelled like a, a burning sulfur smell, woke up to the sound of a bang in the house. And as I was interviewing her husband, found out the house belonged to his family and that his brother back in the 1970s had committed suicide with a rifle. And the sulfur smell and the bang happened both the same hour in the middle of the night, and the wife was seeing this male silhouette in her bedroom. Well, the more we put two and two together, we decided it was the guy's brother who committed suicide in the house next to what's that now their bedroom, was in the house poking around because they were doing renovations in the house. And uh, Father Bob Bailey and another Catholic priest, uh, I believe his name was Mike, uh, they t- told the, uh, you know, this, this guy, you know, you're not going to be judged, pass on, go to the light, and I was given an email by the uh, the homeowners a few days later, and they said that all this activity was gone. And to this day, you know, Father Bob says the house is at peace. So even though I'm not the kind of person to tell somebody to pass on or tell a ghost where to go, uh, this was one of those cases where I think it did help both the, the, the family, the homeowners, and and this uh, this lost uh, spirit who had tragically committed suicide over over a girl. I mean, I'm I'm happy to admit that I'm wrong if that's the case. Yeah. Well, uh, Mark, when when you are helping uh, these spirits cross over, I mean, what kind of uh, affirmation do you get from them that they have crossed over? Do you, do you find that in your evidence you actually can pinpoint that moment when there might be uh, maybe some EVP or some uh, EMF spikes or or something that kind of gives an indication that that portal has opened and the spirit has passed on? Right, right. Um, well, well, usually when a, uh, you can usually tell when when uh, when a ghost crossing over uh there's like like a, almost a mist in the air 
it'll it's just like uh, it just rains or something, you know, outside. But there'll be like a little mist, and it's it's a fresh smelling uh, smell. And uh, the thing is, I I don't really help ghosts cross over. That's that's what 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 the book really says is that the the homeowner renter or even squatter that happens to be a, a living uh, individual in the house uh, is really got to do the communication. If if I came over to a, a, a person's house and and told their brother. You know he's got to. You got to go. They're not going to listen to me as well as they're going to listen to another family member. And so that's that's my main thing. I, I just I just like to let the uh, the person involved uh, get in contact because they're there all the time. Uh, there's some people I saw in the thing that uh, people help people cross over, but they can't. They don't do it all the time, or they can't do it all the time. And that's because, you know, the ghost will cross over when they want to cross over. I, I guess, though, when, when like you said, you know, as, as long as it's the clients taking back their, their house and, and they're feeling empowered by it, um, you know, it's all in whatever the end result is. So if, if the activity ceases, then as far as I'm concerned, it works. Uh, what happens, though, when you're dealing with somebody who does think that they've you know, help the spirit pass over, and then it comes back. Do they? Do you find that when when you get these you know return hauntings that that people are starting to uh, starting to question whether or not it worked to begin with? Well, I mean, either I've never really heard of a return haunting. Uh, usually, if you have a, it's it's just another occurrence until the until the ghost actually. Uh, leaves the TSC, uh, transitional staging position, I call it the TSC, and, and, and crosses over. I mean, I've, I've heard of some, uh, I've heard of some pretty nasty returns. They kind of don't like it when you tell them what to do. Oh, are you talking about uh, coming back from like the spirit world kind of thing? Or, you know, because uh, that's, I've never heard of, of, of someone coming back from the spirit world. Usually oh. it's, just they're just here. I just think more of uh, more along the lines of they they feel they've ended the haunt. Uh, they've they've helped the spirit move on, and it turns out that wasn't the case. And uh, usually it gets a little upset that you tried to to move it along, and says, oh, "No, I'm here to stay." <laughs> well, well, it's like a like everything, you know. It's it's up to the personal decision of the particular person, and 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 the problems that they have. You know, if they've got some kind of guilt issue, uh, they've got some one forgiveness thing. You know, if they if they don't feel worthy enough to cross over because they think, well, they're not, you know, worthy of getting into heaven. You know, that kind of thing. But you know, everybody does at their own time. It's it's just uh, it's just a natural process, and it's just I'm, I, I I just. It's just I've never seen, you know, to you know, a, a book that or or any 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 uh, writ thing to where, you know, it says that, uh, you, you know, this is you cross over when you when you when you cross over. It's always you know, you've got to uh, cross over immediately or you don't get in or some kind of religious thing like that, but. Uh, uh, it's just it just seems like such a normal and and just matter of fact kind of thing 
and it's just it was just uh, it was just interesting not seeing it uh, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still just a guess, though. Come on, I mean, until somebody actually does it, until somebody crosses over into the spirit world and then comes back to describe it, we're kind of just making an educated guess. I mean, we need Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> to, to put himself under but uh, you, you have a, a section in the book uh, the handbook for the recently haunted where you, you discuss a lot of the different equipment that can be used in paranormal investigation and what's your take on on all that equipment what's your take on the idea of the science of the paranormal now it, it seems like uh, you know if you don't have the latest toys and you're not considered a uh, uh, legitimate ghost hunting group they it seems like investigative groups now they have to have those thermal cameras they have to have all these things that they see on tv or else they feel that they're not doing the job right well i mean it, people have a, if they have a haunting in their house you know they they you know it you know it, it, it as far as the equipment uh it's nice to know if there's any emf coming from electrical sources uh, natural sources, underground streams, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, the the photographic uh, video equipment that they have. Uh, it, it's it's all part of a, of a big picture in determining if you have something that might be truly legitimate or something that might be of a natural cause. And, and that's, all, that's where it's lost, though. I think a lot of groups <laughs> forget the fact that that equipment should be for the debunking process, not for the proving process. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle, and the more pieces you have to the puzzle, the more you know what you have. And so it's just, it's, it's important. And, and, and a lot of paranormal groups are free. You know, they'll come over, they'll do their, their investigation. Now, they might not tell you exactly what to do other than maybe to take, you need to take your home back, you know, quote unquote. Uh, but the, but the, the, uh, investigative process and the evidence that they collect, is very valuable, especially to me. If I'm going in cold to a house, I, and then the varied opinions you get, very valuable information. And, and one of the things that you recommend in the book, too, is that uh, those who are investigating, those who are experiencing the paranormal, should, should trust in their senses. And I think that's where a lot of times when people are faced with the paranormal for the first time, they start to question whether or not they're really seeing or feeling or having the sensations that they think they're having and and it seems like you advise them to to just trust in that and to go with it well it, it so, to some degree to some degree i i i kind of like you know outside intervention sometimes it depends on what you have but a lot of times you don't need to go through that if you have something uh, activity that is clear-cut and it, it, there's nothing to guess about. You you can tell there you're 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 being constantly day after day or every other day something like that. And uh, it's a, it's 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 an oppression. Mm -hmm. that, that's usually what you can usually tell if you, you can trust your own feelings like that. Sometimes people take a one-time occurrence and blow it up into something you know to big, but. Uh, Usually, people can usually tell on their own, and when they do uh, sense uh, a presence, you determine you know who it is, and you know what you want to do, and uh, you know the choices section in the book, and, uh, and that's really all it is. And, you, and some people, they've got family members, and they don't want to uh, 
exercise them for the, from the house, if you will. And so, yeah, it's just a, a mixed bag. All right. Well, we are talking with Mark Herman, the author of the Handbook for the Recently Haunted. Uh, you can get it pretty much everywhere you get books online. Don't don't go to Borders.com though, because <laughs> there's not much time left there. Uh, but uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Mark. We'll also take your calls. One eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Uh, email spooky crew at spookysouthcoast.com and jump in the chat room on spooky tv at spookysouthcoast.com. You can put your questions in there as well. So we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. What I am about to say will shake the very foundation of every medical precept you hold dear. We have entered the realm of the supernatural. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. There we are back. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz, and sitting in with us tonight is Andrew Lake of Greenville Paranormal Research. Howdy. How's it going over there? It's doing fine. I've just been uh, waiting for a moment to, to chirp in here. All right, well, you, we've got plenty of time left in the show, and you can do so as well, 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. During the break, uh, between the chat room and the text messages coming in, we've got people that are interested in joining us on August 27th for the Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show. So uh, make sure you email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. No matter how you got a hold of us, please send us that email because we need that to keep track of everything because Chris and I are not organized people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris is, but I am definitely not. Uh, so we, we need to make sure that uh, you send us that email, let us know all your contact info, uh, your availability, where you think you can go, and we'll plot it all out from there. But the Bridgewater Triangle Project section is up on SpookySouthCoast.com. You can click on it right from the main page to find out more. So it's going to be a very exciting, very interactive now, night. Now, is that going to be basically just ghosts, or is it all weird things in the Triangle? It can be anything. So is it the idea of maybe even groups who are investigating private homes within the Triangle, maybe? Sure. Yeah. We're open to all of it. Chris is the man with the plan when it comes to this, and yeah, he's uh, he's focusing on the March of Anawan this year, but of course we're open to all areas of the Triangle and all the activity of the Triangle uh, as well. So, But because it is the anniversary of uh, Anawan, uh, that's why we're going to be focusing on that. And I talked to uh, Manny and Kristen from Bridgewater Triangle uh, Research. They're, they're definitely game for joining us in some fashion that night. I know uh, Bay State Paranormal is all, uh, all aboard. Uh, Dart will probably be joining us as well. We're trying to get Dave to come down, <laughs> so hopefully uh, Low Battery Dave will be down as well. Uh, and if he does, he's got to swing by the studio while he's down this neck of the woods because we, we need to hang out in person. So, all right, let's get back into the discussion with our guest, Mark Kerman. Uh, his book is The Handbook for the Recently Haunted, and if you are recently haunted, you might want to pick that up. And, you know, even if you're a ghost, you might want to pick it up and read it as well because, oh, it's 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 I'm not I'm, it sounds like I'm being facetious here, but it it you get a better understanding of not only what it's like for the spirit uh the people to have to deal with the spirit but you get an idea of what it must be like for the spirit too and i think you know the fact uh mark that you kind of focus on both sides i don't know if that was intentional or not but you know it, it seems like it can almost be a, a calming source for both sides well yeah i mean you 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 have to uh um look at it from from the ghost you too because if you don't then you don't know what problems they have and you don't know whether you know if they're going to cross over or not uh when you'd like them to so that's 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 a good point 
In, and when you were putting together all the, the different uh, aspects of this book, and, and you focus on the idea of uh, different places that could have activity, and you also focus on different activity that can occur in places, uh, it seems like you have to be consciously aware when you're doing that of the fact that some of these places that you write about just naturally have that haunted feel. Like you talk about abandoned buildings, uh, and, and you, you mentioned the fact that even though they are abandoned, there still could be plenty of activity going on there. And I wonder, don't you think, though, that to some degree for the activity to be there, there has to be someone to perceive it? Well, it's like a tree falling. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, there, if, there, if, there's, if there's somebody there, there's somebody there. It's, it's, it's really simple. I mean, there's nothing really complicated. Uh, if, if the place has some something there if something's there if, if there's not uh, if somebody perceives something and if there's really something natural then that can be a point too well mark how how you know we've been talking about the idea of uh, helping ghosts pass on when when people have gotten in touch with you to ask say hey you know i've, I've got this haunting I, I i you know i don't know what to, uh, how to deal with this i don't know what's going on how often do you find people wanting you to give them advice about ending the haunting as compared to could you please come in here and see if I'm nuts because, you know, my friends and family think I'm nuts. How many people are just looking for confirmation of the haunting as opposed to people saying, can you get rid of it? Oh, I think everybody wants to know whether, you know, if they have something or not. Um, and whether they want what they want to do is up to, you know, the individual person, uh, the living person can be a living host. And if they want uh, something paranormal in their house, then... Uh, they can have they can they can have it only up to the point that the ghost is actually there. And if there's something that's that's just natural and it's not there, then it's not there. Well, to to get a little bit maybe a little bit deeper into your ghost philosophy here, Mark, uh, you mentioned uh, especially at the top of the show and, and frequently in the book the idea that some people want to have these idea of pet ghosts. They they want to have the activity. Um, for whatever reason, whether it be that it starts to happen and they like the idea of having it or they just want to have it and they're hoping it happens. Do you think that it's possible that if somebody is in that state of mind, uh, that they want to have a haunting, that they'll be able to help conjure a haunting? Well, I, I, I believe that uh, if, if a gu- conjuring Ouija boards, that kind of thing, uh Communication within a near shot of an entity is, is basically that. If you want uh, an occurrence, if you want if you want a ghost that's already there to stay, if there's nothing there, there's nothing to conjure. I mean, well, I'm, is, I'm thinking too about the idea of a, of a tulpa or a thought form. Uh, a what? A tulpa? Have you are you familiar? No. Uh, it's the idea. Uh, tulpa is coming from, uh, uh, you know more of an Eastern philosophy, but, uh, you know, in the West we call it more of an idea of a thought form. And what it is, it's the idea that if enough people and enough energy is put out with the idea of an entity being there, it basically creates the entity. There was a series of experiments, and I think in 1976. The Philip experiment. Yeah, in Toronto. Was it 1976 or 74? 74, I believe. And uh, it was a group of people that actually created a backstory for this ghost, and by creating the whole story of it and putting out the energy, they actually were able to create and communicate with that ghost. Uh, so it, it seems like it's it's something that does have some legitimacy to it, where if enough people think that a place is haunted and they put out that energy, it kind of becomes haunted. Well, that's more psychological than anything else. Um, if, 
Yeah, and that's another thing that people want to, you know, say that ghosts are some type of mythical situation, but uh, and then uh, enough people believe in a certain thing, it's got to be true or something like that. Uh, I believe if the spirits in the house are in the house, it's, uh, or, or or any building or something like that. But if they're there, uh, it doesn't matter how many people believe they're there; they're there. Well, I mean, it might not just be a matter of belief either. It could be a matter of energy. If the energy is being put out there and the energy is being placed into that form, that form kind of is created out of it. I've never heard of that. I mean, as far as ghost investigations are concerned, uh, they've, they've always had a an entity that uh, was just, you know, there no matter uh, how many people saw it. And some people saw the same entity. But uh, it was actually an entity that was actually in the house. Well, I mean, it's definitely uh, something that's that's worth looking into because it's it's. I think as we enter into a new era here, uh, well, we've been in it for a few years, but where the paranormal is becoming trendy, uh, I think that that might actually be what we end up seeing with a lot of these places. Is you have, you know, these these created ghosts, and and even if it's not an actual. Uh, you know, an actual tulpa, an actual thought form, but what it is instead is it's you're placing the idea out there of the haunting that every little thing becomes a sign of the haunting. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I think, therefore, I haunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good t- T-shirt idea. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rarely have anything that even comes close to anything like that. Usually people have a problem. It, it, you can tell whether you have a problem or not. If, if you don't have a problem with something, then that's good. But uh, uh, if you, even if you want to keep something, that's good. But uh, usually the the bulk of, of, of this business is people that have, you know, problems with some type of perceived entity and how to how to take care of it. Uh, it I don't know. It, just, it seems interesting, though, that you're a parapsychologist and, and that's the first that you've heard of, of that. But... I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's definitely something that's worth looking into because it, I think it does explain a lot of. Uh, well, was it bringing it back, somebody back from the spirit world, or you know? No, it's the actual outright creation of a spirit, more or less. Well, I don't. I, I mean, an actual person that actually lived, actually lived before, and it, it's and, a, it's a crea- it's basically the creation of a consciousness, and that's exactly what they were able to do in those Philip experiments. They created a consciousness that. Uh, was able to interact, but it only knew the backstory, uh, which is interesting. It only was able to confirm the backstory that they created. It wasn't able to provide any other details besides what they had laid out ahead of time. Now, Tim, bear in mind that the idea of tulpas or creating these thought forms go back thousands of years. Sure, they were created as almost what, like right. as weapons, right? As uh, you know, the idea being that these mystics would create them to go and do their work, and then. Once that work was done, <laughs> you're stuck with a, well, an entity with nowhere to go. Well, the, these aren't new ideas. These are found in different cultures all around the world. I'll give you, you know, several examples. You have them in the Middle Eastern tradition, and you also have them in the Far East, and even in Jewish tradition, the Golem, for example. I mean, they're, they're, this is not new ideas. These have been around for a long time. But with the Philip experiment, what was interesting about it is that they were actually getting that same information back. Now, what begs the question is, is, did they create it, or was this some sort of entity that's paying attention to what they're doing and just and parroting making, back? Yeah. And that, that's, of course, a very real possibility. Give the people what they want. As I'm, as I'm sure you've encountered, Mark, uh, not every spirit is always honest. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, a, a spirit's just a spirit. You know, they, they've got a, a certain type of issue, and either they're good people or bad people, you get a whole mixed bag. And they kind depending of, on how they're treated, too. They kind of retain that consciousness that they had in life. So, Mark, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, have you ever yourself had a, a very personal experience with a haunting yourself? Well, I've, I've had one that was uh, in, a, in a building. And uh, it's an abandoned building, uh, actually uh, off of a main thoroughfare. And uh, it was a, uh, seemed like a shadow person, a black vaporous mist uh, down the hall. And um, a couple people came downstairs, uh, you know, they were running, you know, wanting me to come up. And I thought uh, some, something happened to, to one of them. And they had seen the same exact thing I saw downstairs and uh, and, and it's with three people and uh, I, I thought that was kind of uh, amazing that uh, uh, some other people backed up what I had said originally and uh, there was a, there's a, a couple others one that uh, actually was on an investigation and it was a luminous uh, apparition and I was—I I told them some of the members of the group, and they're all running with flashlights trying to find this, <laughs> this ghost. And you really have to, to see this particular kind of entity. You have to look into the darkness, and you'll see—you know—just a, a silhouette, uh, a light silhouette of a of an apparition. And uh, a lot of investigators—they just want to just do their little EVP. They want to do their video. They want to go looking with flashlights. Um, yeah, sometimes it just takes a little bit of finesse, but, uh, uh, I, I, anyway, it basically just wasn't for me. I wanted to, to help other people that had, that had problems. But you yourself have never, like, say, lived in a, a haunted location where, uh, you know, uh, with a haunting itself, you know, on a, on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis. I had, I had one occurrence. Um, it was, it was like every other day the light bulbs were blowing. And, uh, my girlfriend was in the house and, uh, she, uh, uh actually went to, to her mother's, uh, one, one day. And she said that she couldn't take it anymore. And so I sent something that night. It was just the same kind of routine. And I said, you know, look, you've got to go. This is it. I know you're here. It's not, it's not working anymore and that kind of thing. And, uh, I've actually to come after them and uh the next day you know she'd come back and it's like well she said well what happened and i said what do you mean she said well i can't sense uh the entity that was here anymore and so that was uh that was another another thing that i did you know for the uh you know the communication all right so it, it wasn't an ongoing uh, many, many things. You just, as soon as things started to happen, you just sort of nipped it in the bud? Well, I mean, that's what you, what you really have to, you know, if you don't, it, it just, uh, the, the activity, the occurrences over and over again, you just can't take it. You know, it just becomes, you know, either you go or I go, that kind of thing. Well, speaking, and, well, speaking personally, I, I lived for five and a half years in a, um, uh, an old house that was, uh, haunted and, um, 
when I shortly after moving in, uh, started experiencing things and uh, had some neighbors looking at me funny, and they were like, "Hey, how you making out in there, Andrew?" And I looked at him and said, "This place is haunted, isn't it?" And they they chuckled and said, "Yes, we 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 know the people, uh, the the woman who haunts the place, uh, her and her daughter. They were very nice people while they were alive, and quite personally, the the run-ins I had." Uh, were just that. They were very warm and friendly, and it was probably the only time I ever saw a full-blown uh, apparition and, and got the, the warmest, most friendly smile from this, uh, this lady who used to own, own the house. So for me, the, the activity was more kidding around, teasing, uh, and more comforting as if I, I had roommates. So I had no desire whatsoever to push this lady out of her house since she lived there for you know, 75, 80 years. Was it like a full, uh, full body apparition? Uh, she, she started her, her, uh, her torso towards the waist, uh, uh, wasn't there, but her head, shoulders, and, and, uh, uh, breast area were there. Uh, her, her face was very beaming and very warm and, uh, uh, startled me. I actually reached out to, to grab her and, um, she backed off from me and as, as she backed off into the sunlight streaming through the, uh, Venetian blinds, uh, behind her, she, uh, silently laughed i didn't actually hear her laugh but the the look at her face was uh as if she found me very comical and uh just faded away did you say anything to her yeah i saw you i laughed and said i saw you it was actually uh, uh very exhilarating after only getting glimpses of things around the apartment to, to actually finally see her it was pretty funny and after that was there any other occurrences oh yeah all the way to the time i i uh, moved out mm-hmm. several well, I hate to cut you off, Andy, but we are yeah, just sure. about out of time. Uh, so we do have to say goodbye to Mark. But, Mark, we recommend that people uh, pick up the handbook for The Recently Haunted. Use it as a, a good overview, a jumping-off point to, to dig more into the paranormal. And thank you for trying to put it all together in one uh, easy, concise, and uh, pretty – I'd say it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good read. And I, I guess if I made it through the whole show without calling it The Handbook for the Recently Deceased, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so used to making that joke, disease. No, deceased. So uh, thank you very much for that. And, again, uh, everybody can get it where, uh, wherever books are found online. All right. Thank you very much, Mark. Talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right. Next week uh, we are going to have Stephen Volk as our guest. And if you haven't picked up his book, Fringology, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, there comes along every few years uh, a book that's going to kind of make a huge uh, dent in the paranormal world. Fringology is definitely that book. We'll talk about all that and more next week when we return. Uh, again, remember Bridgewater Triangle Investigation Show, August 27th. If you want to get involved, email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Uh, we're going to be sending teams all over the place, all over the Bridgewater Triangle. We're going to continue to expand our definition of the triangle because uh, we have more investigators than we have locations. So. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, it'll be a great show. Everything's up there on the front page of spookysouthcoast.com if you want to check that out. Uh, again, all the archives are up to date. We'll have this show up as well before we leave here tonight, and you'll be able to get every episode that we've ever done from the archives, from iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher. Uh, remember to tune into Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice, 9 o'clock on Tuesday nights on Spooky TV. Uh, I'm going to be your guest coming up in a couple of weeks, so uh, you don't want to miss that one. I'm sure that'll be a fun show. Uh, and again, next week, Stephen Volk, Fringology. It's going to be a big one, so you might want to make sure you tune in for that. Until then, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, for Andrew Lake, and for Chris Balzano, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.